This is a bonus episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze a whole heck of a lot of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Now, why on earth would I be making a bonus podcast this week? Huh. I don't know, but I just want to, I'm going to play the clip and you'll find out, but I'm just going to say this very quickly. I've discovered, this project's about a year and a half old, that the number one thing that gets my listeners and readers excited, in this case, just listeners, this is just going to be a podcast, is when Fox News hosts freak out. Here we go. I'm furious. First of all, we're without a speaker. This is historic. Something like this hasn't happened in well over 100 years. And now what we've got is total chaos. It's a five-seat majority, and Matt Gates is sitting in a very safe seat in Florida. And when you have a number of Republicans who are in Biden districts, if you want a majority to win, you have to have a majority, and you have to win by a lot to actually get your full agenda through. He only had a five-seat majority. That is the same number that Nancy Pelosi had, and she managed just fine. This is the crazy thing. Democrats who hate the MAGA Republicans are now joining with the MAGA Republicans to oust uh, Speaker McCarthy. There's only eight that I guess don't want to spend trillions of dollars. The Republican Party looks like they're out of commission. Donald Trump is in court, unfairly or not, today. You have this happening, Republicans ousting their own speaker in front of the world. And they have no plan right now to replace the Speaker of the House, so which means they can't move their agenda forward. You've got the Republicans going out there and showing how dysfunctional they are as Matt Gates is engaging in fundraising. And 15 rounds getting them in in the first place and the previously failed speakership years ago where we're going to be a hint and a preview of where yeah. the way this may go. I get it. It's a historic event, but it's like one of the few historic events that I don't care about. And Donald Trump is right. Why are the Republicans fighting with each other like this? But yeah, Nancy Pelosi, hats off to you. Well, So yes, the last voice that you heard there is Jessica Tarloff uh, giving her proper respect <laughs> to the former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. And I realize that Nancy Pelosi is a very, um, she's a character that people tend to love or hate. People have very strong feelings about her. Uh, hate her. You have to admit, you have to admit that the woman was very, very good at her job. She will go down in history as one of the best speaker of the House in in the history of the Republic. She was so good because she didn't waste time. She didn't do theatrics. She didn't have situations. I, I mean, I guess you could say some of her things were theatrics, like when she ripped up Trump's ridiculous speech and she did this <laughs> super sarcastic clapping. Sure, but... She knew how to get a bill through. She knew not to waste time. She knew not how to like, she knew that if you don't have the votes, if you don't have your people lined up, don't take it to the floor. Don't be stupid. Don't be an idiot. And she was so good at that. She was so good at like, you know, that's why she was so successful. So again, lover or hater, she was good at her job. Uh, so that was just great. That, that uh, And I joked when uh, I saw that clip in real time, I was like, I don't know why an intern hasn't like rushed out to the set of the five and just like grabbed Jessica Tarloff and wheeled her off stage. Like, no, get off set. Cause she just kept talking about Nancy Pelosi. And I'm like, they're letting her do, they're letting her do that. Okay. Then the person having the biggest meltdown was of course, Judge Jeanine Pirro. And that was 
man, I could have done a whole two minutes on Judge Jeanine Pirro freaking out. And I did. I put that on Twitter. But um, what was great about that is that I think she genuinely doesn't know, which is amazing because uh, I think some people on Fox, we're going to get to them later, Steve Ducey being one, I think realize that the reason why the Republican Party has gone right off the rails into extremism, into letting people who have no business governing uh, kind of take over the House of Representatives and take over the party in many ways, uh, they wouldn't stand up to Trump. They wouldn't stand up to his extremism, to his obscene lies and the things that he got, you know, worked up with MAGA, lying about the election, uh, I think promoting xenophobia, racism, misogyny, all of that, because nobody would say, hey, stop, is sucking up to Putin. I mean, how much could I, the crazy corruption with Jared Kushner, with all these deals, because nobody would stop that or stop him because they were all too terrified of him. He's, he is the cause. So when you say, ah, how did Trump, Trump is wondering why did the Republican Party lose its mind? Well, I could tell you. <laughs> and I think genuinely Judge Jeanine Pirro is not, is not making that connection yet. I really do. I think she's a true believer. So we go from the five where you have this type of reaction, very histrionic. Then we move on to special report by Brett Baer which also took this very seriously. Now, the five only did one segment. It was the A block. It was like 10 minutes. For Brett, a special report by Brett Baer, it was over 50% of the show. I don't know exactly. I would guess about 65% of the show. It was it dominated all the coverage. So this is Brett Baer. It starts with, oh, and I should say the voices that you heard in that first clip were very quickly Judge Jeanine Pirro, Katie Pavlich, Jessica Tarloff, Greg Gutfeld, and Jesse Waters. Now we're moving on. This first voice you're going to hear is Brett Baer, and I'll go through the voices when it's finished. History in front of our eyes today. For the first time in the history of this republic, the Speaker of the House has been kicked out of his job. A civil war among House Republicans, the history-making removal of a speaker, lawmakers taking to the floor this afternoon to either urge colleagues to remove Speaker Kevin McCarthy or retain him. And, Brett, this has always been the problem that Kevin McCarthy has had uh, all Congress long. There's a reason why it took him five days and 15 rounds of voting back in January to become the Speaker of the House. So, of course, that voice is Chad Pergam. He's one of the legit journalists on Fox News, and he's very stoic. You never see emotion on this man's face. He's not going to smirk. He's not going to laugh. He's just, he's very almost robotic in the way he reads the news, which is fine. Uh, but I found that choice <laughs> of his wording to be very funny there. He's like, well, there's a reason why they had to vote 15 times before he was confirmed speaker. Subtle shade. Subtle shade. Now, this next voice May not be. I want to introduce this man because you may not know who he is. This is Representative Andy Barr of Kentucky. He's going to go back and forth a little bit with Nancy Mace. Um, and Andy Barr gets very worked up. But today was a sad day for the conservative movement. Today was a sad day for the Republican Party. Uh um, but number one, I don't owe anyone in Washington anything. I owe the people of South Carolina, the people that I represent, those are the people that I owe in anything and any fight that we're having right now. The criticism that Matt Gates and that effort didn't know what was coming next. In other words, it was the dog that caught the car. And now 
there's the crash. We have now given our majority to Hakeem Jeffries because we have refused to say unified. So again, that's Representative Andy Barr, who's very worked up about this. Uh, I wish you could have seen, I know this is audio, but his expression on his face was very um, animated. And then Representative Nancy Mace of South Carolina. And what was interesting about her comment is, of course, she was one of the uh, Republicans who voted with the Democrats to get rid of McCarthy, which is why she's like, I don't owe anything to anyone except my constituents which is pretty kind of amazing that Fox had her on. And the next voice you're going to hear is a correspondent speaking to Matt Gates. How do you respond to the former president? Uh, I, I, would, uh, I would say that uh, my conversations with the former president leave me with great confidence that I'm doing the right thing. And that's quite something because McCarthy was former President Trump's guy. Arguably, he took a lot of heat for being too close to the former president. So a couple of things. So Matt Gates is, and he doesn't say this just once. He's repeated this multiple times since um, McCarthy's ouster. He says, oh, the president, former President Trump is very, very happy with me. I won't say exactly what he said, but he's very, very happy with me. So it's like further proof that uh, Trump wanted this to happen. Trump wanted McCarthy out. Trump wants the House to do his bidding. Um, now, the next voice you're going to hear is Ari Fleischer, a former White House press secretary. Well, I think it's fair to say that you're only President Trump's guy temporarily. An interesting nugget here from Jamie Raskin on the House steps after this uh, big historic vote. He said that Democrats are already reaching out to some moderate Republicans they think they can flip. They need just five or six to be able to put leader Hakeem Jeffries in the perfect spot to become speaker. But right now, the House is paralyzed, Brett. It cannot function, do anything. The Republican Party today just can't govern. Nancy Pelosi with a five-vote majority, she was able to govern. The Democrats have become the party of discipline, and the Republicans have become the party that lacks discipline. So that was the voice of Aisha Hasne, who is a Fox correspondent, and then Ari Fleischer again. And so she basically says... Uh, that Hakeem Jeffries, that there's an attempt that maybe if they could get some Republicans to come over to the Democrat side, they could have Hakeem Jeffries be the Speaker of the House, which I think is bonkers. And then, but okay, apparently that's a thing that people are trying to do because uh, the Democrats don't have the majority. So technically he could win, though, because it's not about who has a majority. Who, it's who wins the vote. And you don't have to be a member, which we're going to get into that next. And then Ari Fleischer says, um, he says, basically, you know, the Republican Party is completely dysfunctional. And hey, let's bring up Nancy Pelosi again. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. OK, so we're going from Brett Bear into the Ingram angle. And you will see a definite tonal shift from that show to this show. Kevin McCarthy is out as Speaker of the House. Now, you remember it took five days and 15 rounds of voting to get him confirmed back in January, but just hours now to kick him out. Congresswoman Nancy Mace moved to oust McCarthy as well because, in her view, he didn't move fast enough on women's issues. And, of course, you can't see her expression, but uh, Laura Ingram made a face of just disgust. Women's issues. Ugh. Like, how dare she? Ugh, Nancy Mace, who are you? I'm kind of going into my clutch your pearls voice. So we go on from uh, Laura Ingram. This next voice is Victor Davis Hansen, 
who is from the Hoover Institute, and he is has a PhD in the classics. He's an older gentleman. They have him on constantly, and he was very upset. Even though he doesn't get very animated, he was just ripping into the Republican Party. And then putting the entire house in chaos just feeds into the left-wing narrative that the Republicans can't govern. And why you do that, I, I don't know. It reminds me of the green eggs and ham speech that um, Ted Cruz exactly. gave to try to get rid of Obamacare. That, yeah. I mean, it, was, it was kind of a fun speech. It was fun filibuster, but it didn't get to the point that they it's wanted. It didn't achieve precisely. the goal. Congressman Troy Nels uh, but District 22 from Texas, he's proposing that Donald Trump become Speaker of the House. I don't know how serious that might be, but that's where he's coming from. So I guess anything's possible. Yeah. What uh, What's yeah. your sense here? So that was the first time on Fox News that evening that Trump was introduced as a possible replacement for Kevin McCarthy. And... <laughs> And I'm like, wait a second. So the guy who's like going to be in and out of court pretty much every, I, I you know, constantly all for probably a couple of years, you know, and he's also trying to campaign to be president um, is going to be Speaker of the House. Sure. You know, and it, it, you know, and somebody who has to like whip the votes and like all these insane procedural things you have to do to be the speaker of the house and know and understand and call to orders and all that you think that man that man is going to be speaker of the house chaos maker if he if he was crazy enough to take this gig i could see him like walking into the first day with his own like gold plated it would be plated not solid gold gold plated gavel and just be like Listen, the last gavel you had was a loser. I've got the greatest gavel that no one's ever seen. Everyone is saying it. This is the greatest gavel. They've said they've never seen a gavel like this before. I'm the greatest of all time. Just, this is wonderful. It's, let me tell you about the Panama Canal. And now I'm going to talk about water pressure. The water pressure. It's just, they don't care. Nobody cares. They don't, uh, that's a bad Trump impression, but that's as good as I can do. I'm a woman. It's hard. Okay. So uh, anyway, the other voice that you heard was Charlie Hurt, who's uh, another regular on Fox uh, News. <laughs> I think right now they don't need more chaos. Biden's the agent of chaos and all the people pulling his strings. You, you, you can't act like you have a super majority when you, you have the thinnest of thin majorities. So, I mean, it's unfortunate, wish you had a bigger majority, but you don't. And you have senators who are, frankly, on the Republican side, working against a lot of the core views of the Republican base. So I just want to add that Laura Ingram uh, had one commercial break. So she had 55 minutes of nonstop coverage. But partly that was because Speaker McCarthy's like farewell speech, which I found very strange, was in the middle of her show. So they because it aired during her show. So they just cut to that. And that was this huge chunk. And then insult to injury. <laughs> she had him on right before this speech aired. And then she had him on right after. And that was Representative Matt Gates, the man who took him down, uh, calling in via Zoom or something. And he had these like I'm wearing them right now, huge headphones on. And he worked this in. I don't need to describe it. And I was just like, oh, the horrors, the horrors. And I take deep offense to anyone who wants to criticize the 
the mailman, the, the active duty service member, the grandmother who believes in me and goes to MattGates.com to donate. Matter of fact, right. I hope they do that right now. It was like he was just dancing on his grave, <laughs> dancing on his grave. And it's like Fox will complain about people like Matt Gates, like these radicals. You're going to hear that later. Radicals are just destroying the party. Let's give them a platform. Hey, Matt Gates, let's go on national television to the largest audience found in conservative media. And let's, hey, why don't you just openly shill for donations, Matt Gates? Let's do that. Let's do, oh, how dare he? Like, Fox, figure it out. Figure it out. You, like, I get that he would be relevant to interview. I understand that. But you, maybe somebody says, hey, Dude, what are you doing shilling? Maybe don't shill. Maybe call him out on it. Which he kind of tried to do and he just tripled, doubled, quadrupled down. So, you know, because I get why you'd have him on. I get why you'd have him on. But like immediately after, and I want to say if you haven't seen it, I found the Kevin McCarthy speech just utterly baffling because he started off with like, I'm amazing. Let me tell you about my history. And I didn't really know his history. <laughs> And then his whole thing was like, my grades were mediocre. I was kind of lost. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was in school. And then I won the lottery and I invested the money. And the, that was it. That was pretty much it. And then I made a lot of money in the stock market and I started a business. And I'm like, what? What? So you randomly got a ton of money. And okay, wow, that's a bootstrap. You pulled yourself up, didn't you? With complete luck. Uh, I guess you could have blown it. I guess he could have he could have bought a big tacky house and gone bankrupt in five years like some lottery winners do. But I still, I was like, okay. Not like I persevered. And like some people have amazing stories. Like Tim Scott, it's an amazing story. He really did come from like nothing. You know, even though I don't agree with anything Tim Scott says for the most part, he does have a great story. There's other... Uh, Congress people who I, you know, do not share their politics with, but they do have like amazing, like they did, they truly did come from no, nowhere and nothing and a poor family. But win the lottery, is that supposed to inspire people? Like, just, you never know. You never know. Anyway, and I thought it was very, I just, I don't know. I'm not a huge McCarthy fan. And I was just like, this is so strange. It's like, I just got fired. I'm amazing. Let me talk about myself. Very odd. Very odd. Anyway, so we move on. From the Ingram angle, which very clear, she's not happy. And we go into Jesse Waters' primetime. And this is my personal favorite of the series because it's the strangest. So Jesse Waters is sort of picking up water from where uh, Tucker Carlson was. People have called him dumb Tucker. All of my followers, I'm just saying this as a blanket statement. All of my followers pretty much refer to him as some form of dumb Tucker. Um, I <laughs> won't say who, but I met a couple of... <laughs> Fox journalists at a event I won't say who I won't say where I, I told them I would off the record and I I just we were going back and forth we actually had a nice pleasant trees it actually wasn't combative for the most part but I just said Jesse Waters I mean come on that man's dumber than bricks and they just got totally silent and I said you know I wouldn't say that about Hannity I definitely wouldn't say it about Lori Ingram I would not I would not uh, I wouldn't say it about most of the hosts on Fox News, but that man, my goodness. So this, 
was funny, and I say Tucker Carlson because he's doing a similar style here. And listen to how he's talking to his audience. He just kept repeating, like, basic things that if they'd watched anything that day on Fox, they'd already knew. But he was explaining it like you're explaining it to a little, kind of like a coach of, I'm a coach talking to my basketball team of nine-year-olds. And we're going to get out there. This is a basketball. That is a basketball hoop. You dribble the ball. You get it in the hoop. You can't push somebody. That's a foul. It's kind of, it sounds very dumbed down. And then he has, this This one only has two voices. And he only spent like 10 minutes on this. And then he just went into like a normal show, which was even more baffling. It's like, he opened with it. It was his A block, but it was just like, oh, now we're moving on to another stupid stories nobody cares about. And Jesse Waters has done this before. This is a trend. Some huge news story happens. The other primetime shows will dedicate 75%, if not more, sometimes the entire hour to that story. And Jesse Waters just has one segment. It's like a normal length segment. And then he's just like, oh, we have a man on the street story about do people eat snails? Let's go to Johnny. And you're like, what? What are you doing? Anyway, so... So again, picture the basketball coach talking to eight, eight or nine-year-olds. And then that's the delivery here. And then he brings on Stephen Miller, who one of Jesse Waters' uh, viewers at the end of the show said, speaks in all caps. Fox News alert, Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, has just been bounced. Eight Republicans, angry at Kevin McCarthy, sided with all House Democrats and chopped off his head. Gates got a very special power. One member of the majority at any time can call for the ouster of the speaker. McCarthy said okay, and he got the gavel. Eight Republicans have more power than over 200 of the rest of the Republicans. And they use that power to kill their leader today. Eight Republicans and all Democrats ejected the Speaker of the House. So look, Kevin's a friend of mine. I've known him for a long time. But whether you like Kevin, whether you hate Kevin, wherever you fall on Kevin, the reality is that the Republican Party cannot exist as a functional party if just eight members at any point in time can join with all Democrats to eject a speaker. If you want to be like the left, if you want to beat the left, if you want to dominate the left, if you want to save the country from the left, you have to learn from them. They operate as a unit. They operate as a team. They find their strength in unity as a block, as a single block. Republicans, everyone acts like it's the model UN all the time. They're always debating with each other and caucusing and meeting here and meeting there. And they have this idea and that idea. And then someone will randomly jump into a room and scream, balance the budget for no reason at all. Who's going to be the next speaker? Is it going to be Stephen Miller? <laughs> I put my name in the ring. We'll see what happens. No, I mean, I'm serious. They don't have a the backup, too. Miller. They have no backup. They have nobody that wants it. And they just said, we'll figure it out in a week. Look, Jesse, I love regular order as much as the next guy, right? Regular order, it's fabulous, it's great. But you know what? Most Americans don't even know what regular order means. <laughs> the open border is going to cost us $10 trillion long term. Focus on the big things. I hereby nominate Stephen Miller to be House Speaker. Can I get an I? I accept the nomination. <laughs> right, good. This is subtle, but do you notice how uh, Jesse Waters' voice 
gets much louder <laughs> once Stephen Miller starts talking. And I'm just picturing their sound people like, ah. <laughs> and Stephen Miller has, he does have one volume. And he's, and he's, he's outraged all the time. He's like, I can't believe that this happened. And I'm mad. And this is outrageous that the, the House Speaker was detained by eight Republicans. This is, uh, and the re Democrats are masterminds and never fight. And I'm like, wow, that, you know, I think there's a lot of Democrats that would wish that were true. <laughs> I can think of, oh, uh, the 2016 election that wasn't so happy-go-lucky or the 2020 election that wasn't so happy-go-lucky with the Democrats fighting. Oh my goodness, some of the stuff that I saw on the Twitter the Twitter of very, very angry people screaming at each other who were all Democrats, but okay. Okay, Stephen Miller, but tip of the hat if you think that other party is so great. Um, but yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, and why on earth do you have Stephen Miller on? Is he a congressperson? No. Um, he has a goofy organization uh, that is supposed to basically, it files frivolous lawsuits, and yet he does not have a law degree at all. Like, not at all. And of course, he is kind of a human ghoul because he was not the architect of the family separation policy under Trump, but he was a big cheerleader for it. And he has known links to white supremacists, which is even crazier because he's Jewish and that is so painful, so painful. Because so, it's like, dude, 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 if you could read some of the stuff I've read as a researcher of extremism, they don't care. They don't, they don't see you as an exception. They don't think, oh, not that one. Oh, no, 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 no. It all goes back to anti-Semitism, dude. All of it. I'm calling him dude. I can't stand him. He also looks like he's like 65 and he's in his 30s. Oh, Stephen Miller gets me worked up because it's just, just, oh God. I just like, I think most people have that reaction. I'm having the Stephen Miller reaction. Most breathing human beings with a pulse have when he is around I, you know anyway we're moving on Hannity and this one's uh very fun because we have Newt Gingrich and he did also not hold back and he's a little bit more animated than Victor Davis Hanson so you're kind of getting the pattern here the old school Republicans are like that's it I'm mad and Hannity is classic Hannity where he's like I'm not really gonna get that upset I'm going to say everything at the same tone. I'm Sean Hannity, the religious climate alarmist cult. I can't really do a good Sean Hannity. I admit this openly, but I can at least get that rhythm that he has when he speaks. So, and he never gets that excited. He, he stays that same monotone. History on Capitol Hill tonight, eight Republican lawmakers joining all 208 House Democrats to remove Kevin McCarthy as House Speaker. Now, Sources telling me at this hour, some House Republicans have been in contact with and have started an effort to draft former President Donald Trump to be the next speaker. See what I mean there? He's just dropping bombs there, proverbial bombs, and he never really gets that excited. It's just the Hannity way. Uh, and he started off right at the top. Donald J. Trump might be ne the next speaker. Just let's go ahead and endorse that. Let's go ahead and push that. And he does it several times in this clip. And I have been told uh, that uh, President Trump might be open to helping the Republican Party, at least in the short term. Well, think about what we saw today. Four percent, four percent decided they were so morally superior, so intellectually pure, 
so patriotically better that they would side with the Democrats, and that's what they did, in order to defeat the entire Republican House caucus. From my position as a longtime Republican activist, they're traitors. It's an astonishingly destructive behavior by a handful of egocentric people who think they're superior. Now, Gingrich went on for several minutes, and it was all that same tone. It was just completely disgusted. He was just, you know, he was basically saying they should kick Matt Gates almost out of the party. He didn't quite say it, but he was like, if they could kick him out of the house, they should kick him out of the house. He was mad. He was worked up. He didn't quite say it. That's why I didn't clip it. But uh, yeah, he was really, really worked up. And I'm going to make, this could be seen as controversial. You can disagree with me if you'd like. But I kind of view Newt Gingrich as the start of the radicalization, in some ways, of the Republican Party. He had the whole contract with America. He was like, we're not going to do it like anybody else has ever done it. Then he like went after Bill Clinton when he was also having an affair. Um, just, eh. And he was, again, a firebrand. He was definitely not somebody who was reaching across the aisle to work on compromises. He's kind of cut of the same cloth, I would say. Not as radical, because what we've got now is just off the scale. But Newt Gingrich was definitely not... <laughs> kind of politics as usual for his time. Definitely not. Uh, I could go into, I don't want to waste too much time on Newt Gingrich, but uh, that could be a whole podcast of like, uh, like the evolution of the Republican Party. And I admit openly as somebody born in the 70s that I got very um, insecure at times and self-conscious about being a lot older when I was in grad school and like entering a new profession midlife is very like what? But the one, one thing it does help when you're dealing with politics and you're dealing with cable news is I'm still much younger than your average cable news viewer. And because I was, uh, you know, I'm not young, young, I like remember that I was alive during this whole transition of Republican Party when it the spark hit under Reagan and it started to go radical. And it's just because of Trump, Trump's extremism, it's gone completely off the rails. And th that's why this was so interesting to see Gingrich lose it, because it was like, yeah, this is what's happened to your party. Wake up. This. Why are you promoting Trump? Anyway, so this next voice is Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio. Fine, Sean. Good to be with you. Uh, one question I've got to ask, and I've probably been, yeah. th this thing's been pinging. What about Jordan? What about Jordan? What about Jim Jordan for speaker? Would I've now heard from a number of people. I know for a fact Donald Trump has been contacted uh, about possibly him being an interim speaker. Is that a reality? I, I don't know. I, he'd be great, but I, I, actually, I want Donald Trump to be the next president of the United States. If he wants to be speaker, well, he great. Still, but, well, he, uh, I, I want, I'll be I want clear. Him, I want him to be he'd president still of the United for States. President. He'd still, go, he's still going to be I, running for president. So for this next bit, I'm going to have to paint a picture because they don't say much and the image is what sells it. So you've got Representative James Comer of Kentucky and Representative Chip Roy of Texas. And they both look shell-shocked. They're just standing there stunned. And <laughs> they don't really know what to say. And there's a funny bit here. It's very subtle. But uh, Hannity says, what do you think, Chip? And James Comer answers, which I'm like, you don't know your name? What's going on here? They just look terrified. They look completely terrified. This week, if I invite you back, will we have a new speaker? Chip. Yes. Yeah. I believe James. we're certainly going to work hard to do it. I mean. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Will we have a new speaker a week from now? Yes. 
I, I certainly right. hope so. I don't, again, I don't think we ought to leave town until we figure that out. But again, these things happen. So the joke there was uh, Representative Comer said yes three times. He's like, yes. 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 <laughs> and it's like, what is going on? He just stood there looking terrified. And then he's like, Chip, yes. And I'm like, you're not Chip. And it was like two totally different energies of <laughs> James Comer just like, I, I don't know what just happened. I don't, I don't know what just happened. Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden. And Chip Roy like, we're going to get a new speaker. I know we're going to get a new speaker. We should go home right now. We should go home right now. We're going to get a new speaker. I know it. I know it. I know it. I, I'm not worried about this. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about this at all. The, the party's doing great. The Republican Party. We're going we're gonna to win everything. We're going to win everything. Like, what? Okay, so the last clip, I just did this one right before I uh, started the podcast. This was from Fox and Friends the next day because I wanted to see what they would say because I knew Ducey would give me something, and he did. From the press conference that followed to the vote that took place, we saw something we haven't seen in American history. After a 200-plus uh, day stay as Speaker of the House, Speaker Kevin McCarthy is now done, ousted, and right now they have no idea who is next. Gates, gates of hell is the headline. And right now, you know, after the Republicans worked so hard to finally get a slim majority in the House of Representatives, total chaos. And now to a lot of the country, they're looking in, hey, the Republicans finally got the chance to drive the car, they're in a ditch. Well, the Democrats will rue the day that Kevin McCarthy's gone. And the irony is he made all of those uh, moves to placate the extreme right wing of his party that ultimately wanted him dead. And yesterday, they killed the king. Would this have happened at all if Matt Gates didn't try to blow this up? Nobody else was initiating this except Matt Gates, who voted along with every single Democrat to oust Speaker McCarthy. And the next voice you're going to hear is Hillary Vaughn. She's a Fox correspondent. So, but sources telling Fox that Republicans behind the scenes have been talking with former President Trump, trying to draft him for speaker. And sources telling Fox News that former President Trump may be interested in the job, at least in the short term. And Matt Gates yesterday said that uh, he loves right. Scalise, so yeah. he could be a consensus candidate. What would Scalise do different than McCarthy? That, that's Almost nothing. He's the majority leader, the party leadership. Hillary, thanks so much. He would oh, I'm have sorry, the support, he'd have the no, support of Matt Gates. Right. Wow. It's, it's, it's the same. A, that's everybody's goal. <laughs> All right. Uh. So, of course, those voices were Brian Kilmeade, Steve Ducey, Hillary Vaughn, Ansley Earnhardt, and Lawrence Jones. You could kind of barely hear them at the end with a little bit of crosstalk there. But, uh, yeah, that was, like, entertaining. Steve Ducey, he was holding up when he says, Gates of hell! That was a, uh, that was the New York Post, which they love to do that. They love to hold up the New York, because same company, New York Post is a tabloid, so it tends to have an outrageous cover. Or a headline, I don't know, because I, it's a weird, <laughs> I guess you'd say headline, but it's like a, it's, I don't know. The New York Post, I just, I don't really think of it as a paper. It's just like, ooh, that's garbage. My, again, before I end it, there, my favorite one of my favorite parts of my Proud Boys story, which that's, I'm going on a crazy tangent, but uh, right after I went through this crazy experience and I got ambushed by somebody from the New York Daily News, uh, my sister gave me the best note. She said, write everything down now so you remember these details. And I did, because I was like, what the hell did I just go through? And one of the things that the New York Daily News uh, journalist asked me, because I had mailed a bunch of evidence about the Proud Boys out to a bunch of press, 
And he said, did you send it to New York, New York Post? Because those two papers hate each other. And I said, no. Why would I waste postage on that? And I, yeah, it's still funny to me. <laughs> so it's just like, because it's garbage. It's absolute garbage. People from that paper have said, oh, yeah, they told me to lie. I'm like, there you go. Anyway, people have like left the paper saying that. And I'm like, there, there you go. New York Post. New York Post, ladies and gentlemen. So that's the end of this podcast. I had a lot of fun putting this one together. Because, again, Scheidenfreude, Scheidenfreude. Um, and I, I, I want to give a shout out to the sponsor. I didn't do it midway because I didn't want to ruin the flow of this and it is a bonus podcast, but I, Decoding Fox News is funded 100% from listeners of this podcast and readers of my newsletter. Um, I do not have a large sponsor. I do not have advertisements. I'm only able to exist because of you. And due to an incident that happened today, I checked the analytics, which I've never done, like deeply checked the analytics of why Decoding Fox News is still surviving and thriving and growing pretty much every single week. And that is because of the podcast, which I was shocked because more people read the newsletter every single week. The newsletter has slightly higher metrics, but the more people join because of the podcast and videos, which also blew my mind. I had no idea. Um, I don't post that many videos in the, um, on the account, but I do post some. And apparently those videos and mostly the podcast are why this project keeps growing. So I personally want to thank this audience from the bottom of my heart. You are the reason why Decoding Fox News has continued. Cause, and it was my crazy idea to add the podcast at the last minute. And I thought, are they going to let me do that? And I said, the reason why this is it, this is as deep as this goes. When I was in grad school, they said the number one growth in media, in the contracting industry of media, is podcasts. And I didn't forget that. And then when I took my uh, audio classes, uh, I took to it immediately. I just got it, understood it, loved it, uh, probably because of my performance background. And uh, my teachers are like, you're killing it. And I'm like, okay, but I did not think when I graduated that I'd be doing a podcast at all. So anyway, if you want to support this project, you can go to my Substack at Decoding Fox News, Patreon at Decoding Fox News. There's a dollar sign next to my name on X, also known as Twitter. Um, you could share this podcast. You could tell your friends, give me a good review. Um, please give me a good review because I, because of the nature of my podcast, I'm going to get trolls on all of this stuff. I get trolls on everything I do. So it helps to have actual people who listen to this support this. Thank you so much, my, my beautiful cats, the podcast mascots, Odin and Thor, also send their love. I should have my regular weekly podcast, uh, probably super late Monday night, a.k.a. Tuesday morning. Uh, I already know what the theme's going to be. That's pretty obvious. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you at the next podcast.